You know what I've you know what I've noticed about the numbers on the podcast? Um I haven't looked. Carpool, man. So early early? No. Well, no, days like today. I know the numbers are gonna be off. Oh, because of carpools. Because off. of carpools. Because Wake County. Shout out to Wake County. It's fine. I don't care. But now, well, I mean, I knew that in radio too. Like, hell, that's how you used to listen, right? Yes, carpool. You were carpool gang. We should probably come up with some sort of t-shirt or bump, a bumper sticker. That's what we need. We need a bumper sticker that says like carpool OG gang carpool it. gang. Yeah, right? That sounds like something to do. But yeah, shout out to everybody who listens in the carpool because that's what actually helps our numbers out in a big way. Poor children having to listen to us. Well, you told me to limit my swearing. <laughs> well, I think we've done a better job of that, actually. New Year's resolution. It's actually worked out. Uh, I'm not hitting my New Year's resolution of shorter shows, though. That's the problem. Uh, Michigan, Luke, Bo, Hey Joe. We got a Hey Joe question about Aaron Rodgers. I'm just letting you know. It's a Hey Joe question. I'm not bringing it up on my own. I'm just letting you know. Start a new one. (laughs) (laughs) Also, did you pay for parking? I did. All right. I'm on it early today. I should probably do that. All right, let's go. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovius inside Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. I wonder if Jim Harbaugh throughout this entire season, when he missed six games due to two different suspensions, he printed everything out, laid it all out for his guys. Here you go. Does That's, sound like something he would do. Oh, it absolutely <laughs> is something he would do. So if you need to leave a game plan for your national championship winning team, hit up Copiers Plus and they'll just print it all out and they'll probably help you save money too. Again, check them out. Copiers-plus.com. So Michigan did it. They uh, they gave... I actually find Michigan winning the last four-team college football playoff to be fitting because Michigan did give us what we love about college football in all of its forms. Controversy. We had the debate of, you know, is it a tainted championship? Is it cheating? Is he going to go to the NFL? Just how good is the Big Ten when they've been stacking up these defensive numbers against bad Big Ten offensive teams? I mean, it really was. Michigan was a perfect avatar for what we love about college football, which is really dumb, hyperventilating arguments about the sport. Fair point. Um, I would argue, though, that, the SEC. It was kind of weird last night. It was weird. It was kind of weird I, I last night. I enjoyed it, actually. I, I, I thought the game was competitive. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. Uh, but I did find myself thinking, it was Georgia? Should, <laughs> should this have been? So you finally came around. You you came around. Oh, no, you came around to my point last week when I, I when everybody was arguing about Florida State, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, Florida State belonged. You know, this is, actually. I don't know if there's, if mean, it's about the four best teams. Right. And yes, I get the, the whole point of, well, they, if they wanted to be in, they shouldn't have lost to Alabama. Yeah. Well, you know, Florida state won all their damn games and they were left out for quote unquote reasons. You can put a one loss team in there. We've seen it before a team that loses their championship game and then goes on to win the whole thing. So to your point, there was some elements of, I would have liked to see Georgia in this they, situation. They beat the teams who were put in front of them. And also, uh, it's not fitting because the alpha now and the omega from the playoff era, the four-team era, Ohio State wins the first, Michigan wins the last. Mm-hmm. The only two for the Big Ten. Uh, but no, I, I said from the jump, I said from the ECU game, Michigan was the best team in the country. They ha- I think they were. I think they were. I think they would have beaten Georgia this year because their skill was better this year. And defensively, uh, this game was won defensively. Michael Penix had an outstanding season. He should have won the Heisman Trophy, but he struggled. And the reason he struggled last night was because Michigan's defense and their their front made them struggle. Mm-hmm. Their secondary was really, really good. And, and there was some holding and there was some pulling and oh, there sure. was some pushing in the ACC officiating. I thought for 95% of the game was in the pandemic rules. I mean, we were on full-on pandemic hey, rules, sir. People, people were mad that there was no ACC representation in the college football well, you, playoff. You, you well, got we it. got it. You got it. We got ACC officiating. There, there who, was who one more suspect. I mean, for the most part, they let everything go they until did. the one suspect hold that they called on. 
Washington on the deep shot when it was 20 to 13. And, but Penix, I thought, I mean, he gutted through that thing. Number seven, their running back gutted through that thing for Washington. Yeah. Good team skilled uh, through the gills, but I thought Michigan controlled the front and that's how you, that's still in, in 2024. How you win football games to you me, control the line. To me, it was very much what Michigan's been all year. And when you start to, if you started to pay attention to Michigan from like the Penn, Penn State, State game, game on, so I think most people did. I think it's, yeah, yeah I think that's probably the line. I, of demarcation. And they didn't really give you a reason before because no, their schedule is garbage. Other than, you know, what's Jim Harbaugh doing today? Was he suspended? Was he not? Right. <laughs> So from the Penn State game on, if that's how you paid attention to Michigan, what you saw last night was very much what we've seen out of Michigan this entire run. They're going to win on defense. You watch them run the ball in, in, incredibly yeah, well. Their skill players are the running back. Incredibly well. And then, because it's Jim Harbaugh, they start doing stuff that makes you go, well, why are you doing that? Well, it's Jim Harbaugh. Is he, is he doing one of those weird, like, smelling salts? The nervous right? bird. He's, he's doing smelling salts, and all of a sudden, you've got his brother coming up on the sideline. Well, what has happened? It's like chaos all the time with Jim Harbaugh. And I think sometimes they invite that where they get away from what's clearly working only to then wear the other team down up front. And then they finally either find a way to win like they did against Alabama the week before, or they just wear Washington down like they did last night. So it was a very Michigan game under Jim Harbaugh. Now the question is, is Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh going to be back? for another crack at this with an expanded college football playoff field. We'll get to that in a second. I also think it's interesting, too, that you, you mentioned Michael Penix battling through these things. I, because I've seen this news cycle happen multiple times, Michael Penix went from, there's your Heisman Trophy winner. Did you vote for him? I did. Okay. Which I totally get. There's your Heisman Trophy winner. Or should have been. Or should have been. <laughs> to... Well, you saw what happened when he faced a real defense, a defense that's going to be similar to what he sees in the NFL when he's pressured. Because you mentioned the secondary. Absolutely right. The Michigan secondary is way better Aggressive. than Texas. Yeah. Way better than Texas' secondary. And they basically put Penix in a position where it's like, fine, throw it up. See what happens. And because of the pressure, there were a lot of throws that, again, not that I spent a lot of time watching Washington football, but there were a lot of throws that were high. And a yeah. lot of that had to do with the fact that Michigan was doing a really good job of speeding Michael Penix up and forcing him to make some of these. There throws. were some drops and, you know, of course, there was some, uh, it was an uncharacteristic performance of from Washington's offense. I, I'll, I'll say that, but it's really hard to play a perfect game, which they basically did against Texas mm -hmm. and repeat that. So good for Michigan. Uh, Bo Schembechler never won the national title for all of the reverence that they have for Bo eh. Schembechler up there. Yeah. He never did it. Yeah, uh, this is Harbaugh's first title, first national title or or Super Bowl title. Mm -hmm. So his first championship. So good for him. Um, and now his brother, you mentioned that was kind of the highlight of the game. Was it was. The, was the bro sneaking up on him and seeing him on the, that was cool. <laughs> but that was actually pretty cool. But then you remember that John is is the cool one. He, yeah. So, yeah. and then uh, you also saw. Um, Cream, Tom Crean, who's Kreen. married to the sister. Yeah, Tom Crean yeah. was in the house. You know, the Gottman is one of their first cousins, too. I, where was Gottman? Should have been there. Why wasn't he? He should have been hanging out with uh, Derek Jeter and, right. and MJ. Right. And Stephen A. <laughs> Come on. Why were you not there, man? But yeah, seeing Tom Crean and uh, his wonderful hair uh, was uh, was a sight to see. And then I, my, my favorite joke last night when, when John Harbaugh showed up on the sideline, that, oh, the NCAA is going to surprise drop more sanctions because you have an NFL coach on the sideline. Oh. You can't have that. You can't have that. Was John Harbaugh delivering a message from Connor Stallions? Mm -hmm. Is that what it was? Yeah. Did Jim Harbaugh see any of the game? Because as uh, CJ Zero pointed out on social media, how the hell could Jim Harbaugh see anything through these glasses? Did you see the halftime? The, uh, the halftime interview with Jim Harbaugh? Or did you check out? I did not see the halftime. Interview. So I put it up on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see his glasses and Harbaugh lives a chaotic life to the point. And that's how I can tell you as a person, if you have a little bit of chaos in your life, <laughs> what do your glasses look like? Are they smudged to hell? Are they dusty? Do you have one of these on you at all times? A little, yeah, my eye doctor. Squeegee, okay. If you got to come squeegee. on, Darren, throw some money. Yeah. What, seriously? Why? How are they not a sponsor? Let's go. Anyway, point is, if you got one of these on you, you're my people. If you don't, and you're looking like Jim Harbaugh with smudged up glasses, it makes me wonder, what else is your life like? 
I'm not I'm not trying to be judgy. I'm just saying there are little signifiers about sure. people that tell you a lot just by appearances like those glasses. Then again, they might not be smudges. They could be some new meta glasses and they're feeding him real-time information from Connor Stallions in the stands. Maybe that's what it was. They were the Google Glass. Still rocking those bad boys. Anyway, Big Ten's going to be pretty good next year, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Did you... Uh, did you change my billboard or did I change the billboard? I did not touch the billboard. Oh man. Got to change the billboard back to copiers plus copiers dash plus.com. Yeah, I know. We're going to give copiers plus their proper run. One other note about uh, the college football playoff before we move on. And the thing that I found that's going to be interesting going forward, if you're going to kind of like stretch out this national championship and that that is, what do you do? How do you view this Michigan championship with the controversies? The Connor, I've been making the jokes about Connor Stallion. I've been making jokes about the fact that Jim Harbaugh missed six of these games on his way to a national championship. And Harbaugh clearly is thinking about these things because last night he just kind of kept saying, we're innocent, we're innocent, we're innocent. This was not a season where everything went the way you wanted it to. There were some, the off-the-field issues, which we all know about. Can you talk about the satisfaction having overcome those as well? to get to this point? Does it make it even sweeter? Right. Can I, can I, yeah, go ahead. yeah it, it, it couldn't have gone better. Exactly how we wanted it to go, uh, to win every game. Uh, the off, off the field issues were innocent and, and we stood, we stood strong and tall because we knew we were innocent. And I just like to point that out. And these guys, these guys are innocent. And yeah, overcome that. Um, it wasn't that hard because we we knew we were innocent. So um, yeah, that's, uh, that's really what I want to say. It went exactly how we wanted it to go. It went exactly how we wanted it to go. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> so this is a guy who's going to function in the NFL again. I mean, I know he did at one point, but there's a burnout phase for Jim Harbaugh. And this works at the college level because these guys are cycling through. And when you're recruited, you know what you're signing up for. It was interesting last night, you know, to see the full evolution of his offense. Yeah. I think a lot of us remember Jim Harbaugh. Well, heck, if you're ours, you remember Jim Harbaugh as a quarterback. Yes. Okay. This was a guy who Mike Ditka would just regularly whip. Okay. <laughs> this was... <laughs> And then you remember at Stanford when he had Andrew Luck, and that's really, really where he made his money. Mm -hmm. And their offense was your traditional, you know, twelve personnel. There was a fullback. You know, I mean, there was you're right. looking, you're looking at stuff, and you're going, "All right, we're we got fullbacks and tight ends, and we're under center, and we're play actioning, and a lot of what you see with with the uh, Kyle Shanahan now and Mike McDaniel, and now you see this in the shotgun with with JJ McCarthy." And you see all of the different shifts and you see what they try to do with the different mismatches. So it was an interesting, it was interesting to see him kind of update what his offense looks like. Does that work in the NFL? I don't know. I don't know. You know, McCarthy was an interesting, is an interesting player. Mm -hmm. And then he, I, I said, he reminds me a lot of Ryan Mallett in the sense that he, he has no touch. No, he just hammers. He throws a heavy ball. Uh, but he's really mobile. Mm -hmm. I could see, you know, if if Harbaugh ends up in the NFL, I could see him drafting him and using him in the NFL. Oh, that'd be, that's on some like what, Taysom Hill level thing. Like, I, why would you do that? But I could see that. I could see some of the different things that, I don't know. If, know? I'm, if I'm an NFL owner and Jim Harbaugh says, you know, what's your game plan at quarterback? I'm like, well, I'm going to go get my kid. I'd be like, don't, all right, yeah, move on. Don't forget, he was Colin Kaepernick's coach. He's the one who brought get that. Colin Kaepernick in and used him right. the right way. I get that. So, you know, there, like I said, there, there's a different evolution there for him. I, I, just watching him be awkward in this press conference. I mean, the, the, the awkward chart, it would be off the chart if he <laughs> went to work for Tepper. Oh, please. Like put the two of them please. together in a press conference. Make, make this happen. Make this happen. And you know, you know, Jim would be tweaking David Tepper when he would refer to him as Dave. Because, you know, David Tepper wants to be referred to as Mr. Tepper. I mean, yeah. he was making a 60-year-old Frank Reich say Mr. Tepper. That's so, how we know. There's my, there's my litmus test for the next coach. What do you call him? You calling him Dave? You calling him Mr. Tepper? You calling him Mr. Tepper? All right. We'll be looking for a new coach in about 18 months. Housekeeping. 
We are looking for contestants to participate in the Tecmo Super Bowl tournament that we're having at Shady's on Ooh. February 4th. Pull up that suite. That was good. Oh, what the the graphic? <laughs> Hold on a second. That was old let, school. Let me go ahead and uh, let me go ahead and pull that up. But in the meantime, while I'm 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 pulling this up on Twitter, Sunday, February fourth, Shady's downtown Garner. Come see us, man. Twenty five bucks to play. We'll have food. We'll have beer. We'll take care of you. Don't worry. So come Cash on, in. prize too. All, all you got to do is email the OG goes digital at gmail Again, that's the OG goes digital at gmail And yes, I did have some fun with Tecmo Super Bowl graphics. Uh, I had gone 25 straight days with a Star Wars reference. I think that's pretty accurate. Um, you know, I got a bunch of takes. I got my sarcasm level at 69, my snackable content level at 69, which is nice. Nice. And then, of course, I got you uh, with your physical condition being nice. You coffee days are infinite. Nice. <laughs> your, bowl, your bowl projections, I think this year, I'm going to have to reassess your bowl projections. No, it's my, my skills. My skills are gone. But, but your yellow pad form is still at 100. So. <laughs> Uh, we got that. We also had a listener who asked me why you look the way you look. And I look like uh, a Chad with my glasses. I remember who I am. I don't remember who you are. Oh, this was done. This was done custom. No, no, no. Those are players. I'm Jimmy Johnson. No, 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 no. Our friend Owen. Yeah, he told me. Was I'm, that a player? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was like custom designed a while No, back. he found the players who looked oh, like us. Okay. So you're like some punter that they put a glasses on or something no i actually added the beard and the glasses then yeah you did that i did the custom on yeah that no one. it's you're some punter you're like tom tupa that sounds about right um jimmy johnson the old uh arizona cardinals running back that sounds about right or the phoenix cardinals neck. i saw our friends over at breaking tea are flooding the zone with some michigan merch uh, but what you can do is flood your closet flood your drawers with og merch like this hoodie glorious hoodie. that i'm rocking right now the uh, tripartisan flag so uh, go to breaking slash og again that's breaking slash og big thanks to everybody who was gifting that stuff over christmas yep. and i loved all the people who tagged us on social media that were hype about their shirts so we appreciate all that stuff we do have another t-shirt design that we're cooking up hopefully you're not it'll, teasing me now right hopefully it'll be out before march You'll get why we're doing this right before March when we unveil that design. Is there a geographic premise? There could be. There Is could there an be. outline? There could be. For a certain conference that will no longer exist? There could be. So head on over to breakingt.com slash OG to get your shirt today. Big thanks to Breeze Through for sponsoring Ovius and Jillio. Check them out across North Carolina, locations across the triangle. And as I mentioned with Joe and his coffee intake being infinite, he's got mm. the lifetime refill tumbler. Yeah. <laughs> Dark roast, my my brew of choice yesterday. I went to get some coffee and I'm like, would you like coffee? You're like, no, I'm, I'm cutting back. I get to the studio. I'm like, sir, you can cut back on coffee like in the afternoon, like cups two, three, mm -hmm. and four. Mm -hmm. Do not cut back on cup number one. And you're like, yeah, I already had. Yeah. You got to remember my routine coffee. is I'm up at 545. I make coffee. Sometimes I'd make a little extra, bring it to the studio, that kind of stuff. I don't need another at that point. Mm -hmm. Because next thing you know, I'm essentially uh, evacuating coffee. Just hook it up to an IV for me, please. Say. Big thanks to Whitaker and Hamer as well. Check them out. WH.Lawyer. They're helping us out with that Tecmo Super Bowl tournament. They can help you out with any legal needs, even something as simple as a traffic violation. Head up WH.Lawyer. Again, that's WH.Lawyer. We've really put Josh through the, through the gauntlet, haven't we? <laughs> Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline is Luke DeCock, columnist, news, and observer. Luke, what's up, man? I'm just laughing at Joe's traffic violation. Something two decades, two, de two decades of getting lawyer recommendations from Joe, who always always has a stable on, on you. You're like a politician. You got your fixers, your Michael Clayton's. You gonna call the wolf? <laughs> Calling the wolf. Got a couple of those. Yeah, yeah. You, you probably you want me to fix a traffic ticket. You want a heads up on a immigration subpoena on insider trading? So I do. I do worry when gambling does go legal. Um, if not, if we need another fixer too. I mean, it was supposed. I know what yesterday or yeah, it was yesterday, January eighth, was officially the first day of sports wagering being legal in the state of North Carolina. 
and a bunch of outfitters applied for their applications, but we still don't know when it's going to be statewide. If I, if I remember correctly, Luke, what we're dealing with here is you can go to the tribal casinos. You can go to like the Harris, Cher- uh, Her- Harris Cherokee and use the apps at this point, but you just can't do it statewide. And when we talked to the governor before Christmas, he was hoping March, but yeah. at this it's point, gotta be, yeah, it's, it's got to be by June. That's in the law. So we yeah. know what the window is. And yeah, you've been, I, th- I believe you've been able to do that. The tribal casinos for since maybe before COVID, mm-hmm. um, you know, they had a sports betting provision. I remember writing about it in 2018 or 19. Well, the difference is you can, they had a sports book. That's sports book. Now you can use the apps. There. Now yeah. you can go to the casinos there and actually use the apps. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm sure as long as they feel that you're spending money, you know, buying drinks and hanging out, they don't care. Um, yeah. And my understanding is that, again, anecdotally speaking, those casinos that had put in the sports book, it was a fraction of what they were ultimately oh. making money on. Yeah, it's not where you make. Yeah, it's a lot. Leader. I don't yeah. know. Does the one in Danville have the the trailer park casino in Danville have a sports book? I've never been there. I I, I literally drive to the Mojangles and and get my fix in the parking lot. <laughs> Jilly, can you imagine if they opened a casino in Danville in two thousand one? <laughs> we both would have lost our jobs. Yes. Yes. Ah! <laughs> all right so here, here's my question because i saw last week we didn't spend any time talking about this but uh the long rumored acquisition of backyard bistro was finally announced by the carolina hurricanes and what's what's tom dundon gonna do with that building well i mean it's going to be a physical sports book eventually because the actual sports books that they're going to build inside and outside the building are going to take time yeah. like Putting one in PNC, the place they originally wanted to put it was like underneath a catering kitchen and it was going to have like grease dripping through the ceiling. So um, that's that's going to take a little while to figure out where that's going to reconfigure the building. You got, you know, when the Centennial Authority does something, you have to put out you have to get three bids by state law. I mean, that's it's a process. It'll happen, but it's a process. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Perkins are going to build a great big Vegas style sports book with screens and recliners and all that crap. Um, but that's going to come as part of the development around the arena. It'll be in whatever the first phase is, um, you know, the first set of construction. It may not be in the same location as where the first set of offices are. But that, like the music venue, is a priority item to get steel up and built. But, again, that's those agreements aren't signed yet. They still have to be finalized. We've got a lot of, of walking to do before we can run there. So the Hurricanes needed a brick-and-mortar building close to the arena within the whatever the legal limit is i think actually from the hurricanes perspective and you could kind of build anything out to almost the fairgrounds um but this is an easy an easy fix it, it puts more of the perimeter under their control um and it'll you know continue to sort of function until they get it actually fully sports booked but my guess is starting with a brick and mortar facility that already has a bar and a restaurant yeah um, and a lot of tvs you can get a sports gambling facility up and running there Probably in like 36 hours with a tiger tea, you know, shut the doors on a Monday morning, reopen on Wednesday night. And, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, 24 hour reskin. So it makes a lot of sense. You need to text Tom Dundon, Joe. You want you've been, we've been wondering where we're going to do our live shows on Thursdays. It's the answer. Is, is that not the answer? Yeah. Could you function there, though? Um, Could you actually do a show? Would you be <laughs> able to? Would, could you be not? Fun- not if there's golf on TV. Yeah. Oh, and there are matchups going. You know, and, you know, and that you would, it would be a one man band. It's funny. I, I meant to text you, Luke, because I need to work on a credential uh, through the USGA. And I was like, you know, Luke has golf, golf uh, connections. And then I was thinking, gambling is going to be legal next year. And they're like, I might like trip Denny McCarthy or, or, or do something unusual. I mean, it's going to be legal by the time the opens here. Yeah. That's We're going to be at, at like, on the open at Pinehurst in North Carolina. So yeah, you might have to in real off time. property. <laughs> Why you got to go after my guy, Denny McCarthy? Uh, you hate guys who can putt. That's your problem. It's like, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm scheduled to be on vacation. I'm, I'm going out of town that Saturday. So. He's your problem, Luke. I'm just going to leave it at that. Once, uh, once the U.S. Open comes around. Uh, speaking of speaking of problems, Big Four is a problem for everybody in the ACC Ooh, right now. Luke. Let's freaking go! Everything is That's right awesome. in the world yeah. with Carolina, NC State, Wake Forest, and Duke atop the ACC standings. Uh, Duke's in action tonight against Pitt. But of those four, 
I think the one that's actually been the most surprising has been Wake Forest on a nine-game win streak, adding pieces like Reed, players like Poopy stepping up. The question that I have for Steve Forbes going forward and what we've seen so far out of Steve Forbes is, is this sustainable with the lack of a defensive identity? Because that's been Wake's biggest problem since Steve Forbes has gotten there is being able to consistently stop people. Outscore them all day, but you got to stop people at some point. I am curious about that going forward. Yeah, I think there, I, I, I think you can. I think you can be the Iowa of the ACC, sort of the anti-Virginian. Basically say, you know, like Fran McCaffrey, I'd rather scream at the referees than teach defense. We're going to do that at Wake Forest. I'd rather, sure. you know, have funny tweets than teach defense. But the reality is with Efton Reed, I think that's this Wake team with Hunter Salas, with Booby Miller, with Efton Reed now in the middle that does give them a bit, a little bit of rim protection, so that helps. Um, but I just feel like that's a team that's hit its stride, moves the ball well. I, I you know, if you hadn't mentioned it, I was going to say of those four teams of the Big Four, Wake's the most compelling one to me because I yes. have no idea what their ceiling is, none at all, and it may be very, very high. The caveat for that is, and maybe this circles back to your question about defense. Steve Forbes has to get it done at some point. Mm-hmm. You can't keep Steve Forbes is leading the league in pats on the back. Uh, you know, you've got Alondis Williams, you, you brought these transfers in, they all done really well. You had a winning record in the ACC. You haven't, and he complains about that. And I yeah, get it. And he's know. a character. I think that's important too, yes. in that for, for people like us, Steve Forbes represents an ACC that we like. Yes, as much as Josh Pastner did, sort of goofy mm-hmm. alien in, in his head, Josh Pastner. Uh, <laughs> so we yeah, Steve Forbes brings something to the table that other coaches don't in that. He's outgoing and friendly, and he'll say what's on his mind, and we love that. Um, But he's got to win something. And they haven't won the non-conference games the last couple years to put themselves in a position to make the tournament. I think this year they're in an okay position. They're going to have to win some ACC games. But I also feel like this is a team that can get Wake over the top. I do do feel like this is a tournament team now with Efton Reed. Uh, But they've got to go out and prove it. But I think that's there. Now, can they do it? Given up 80 points a night, you know, said whatever the number is. I maybe, I mean, Iowa's made a for many years made up a, a history of that, you know. And if you can have a league that has Iowa and Wisconsin in it, you can have a league that has Wake Forest and Virginia in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just two sides of the same coin. So, I, I, yeah, I honestly think of those four at this point, Wake is by far the most compelling of the three. And second place, I'd say, is NC State because this is a team that I think is actually getting better. For all the complaints about, you know, Kevin Keats and halftime adjustments and the players don't get better and all the crap we hear all the time. I think this is a team that's shown uh, significant progress. And, and, you know, we talk about UNC winning games that would have lost at Pitt, at Clemson last year. State at Notre Dame, that game was set up for an L. And they found a way to win that one. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's some positive signs of progress there, too. Could you have guessed before the season that getting more minutes to Ben Middlebrooks was the key? Or that Mike, State. Michael O'Connell and Ben Middlebrooks were the solution to a question nobody had asked yet. Okay. Uh, but I think what it shows is, and maybe this is what State's been missing the last couple of years. If you have guys who come in and just set up, kind of play hard, yeah, um, you know, and they they they're, they what they lack in skill, they kind of make up in effort. Um, you know, I think O'Connell, obviously, as you would expect from a Stanford transfer, is a really smart player, and he kind of settles them down when he's out there. He's limited. He's a limited yeah. player. But he settles them down a little bit, and that gives them sort of a, a calm that they've lacked at times. And then you can see the transfers getting better, right? You, you can see that the freshman, you can see Dennis Parker getting better. Um, I mean, he I, that kid was motivated to beat Virginia. I was I mean, that was say, amazing. That was a classic NHL goalie situation, playing the former team. Like, what? Money on the board. That is what it's NIL, man. He's got his NIL money on the board in the locker room. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the fact that State was able to really kind of almost run up the score a little bit on Virginia mm-hmm. certainly suggests that there's some some offensive upside there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, to me, that's that's an increasingly compelling team, much more than I would have said in November. I mean, watching them in Vegas as well as they played uh, against Vanderbilt, against even in the first of, half against BYU, first half, and then things obviously got super weird, even by NC State standards. Um, I was kind of wondering, okay, what it like, same questions, like what's the ceiling on this team? How much better are they really going to get? But I think they've found some things and, and uh, Dayton Taylor is a really good on the ball defender. And that changes things against teams that rely heavily on one player to have the ball in their hands. 
Um, Notre Dame, you know, Marcus Burton, incredible player, had 18 points, but he never really changed the game when he had opportunities to. So they've, they've got some defensive cards they can play to. This all goes out the window if they lose to North Carolina on Wednesday. Though. <laughs> so, like, you talk about pats on the back and X, Y, Z, but lose by less than fifty-one is where I was. <laughs> well, there's there, a bar. <laughs> there is that. Although, uh, as our friend Sherelle McMillan, uh, who does stuff for Inside Carolina, I don't know. I guess he decided to just light fire to his mentions. Uh, the what was it yesterday? I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this Twitter. I'm gonna bring this tweet up on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. He said through 14 games, UNC's free throw rate is 40.2. NC State's free throw rate is 29.5. UNC's defensive free throw rate is 26.2. NC State's defensive free throw rate is 33.8. UNC free throw attempts per game is 25.2. NC State's free throw attempts per game, 18.6. Six. Think, think this is useful information for both fan bases entering Wednesday night's game. And then he just walked away. He was just stating facts, Luke, just stating facts. Or as I like to say, and a lot of NC State fans like to say, those are the tendencies we've seen out of both NC State and North Carolina going into the game. Yeah, I, someone responded to that. Maybe it was you with the Hubert Davis quotes from the Duke game last year. It was year. Connor. It was Connor O'Neill. Connor O'Neill, yeah, I, I, which I'd actually forgotten about until then, um, which honestly was one of the strangest post games I remember. <laughs> complaint like you know hey we're we're supposed to be taking 20 free throws a game here <laughs> yeah like I, I, it's really weird we came into cameron and didn't get calls like that's has that ever happened before someone <laughs> someone checked the record books like that was a little bizarre but i i do think the point is teams do have styles they do um i would be interesting to know how those numbers change when they're weighted for home and road mm-hmm. um because i think clemson got to the line a good bit on uh on saturday but uh they did that's actually how clemson stayed in the game for that's how they stayed in the game i mean they were what one of 18 from three but the reason why they were able to stay in that game until about five minutes to go when they didn't make a single point not even at the line was they were getting to the line so you know and uh, the the good news is whatever happens you would agree though you you would agree not to get when i brought that up to be silly but you would agree that wednesday night there is no building in the ACC that sounds like PNC Arena yeah. when the calls start, right? When, yeah, what I was just about to say is the good news is we know that NC State fans will react rationally to whatever happens with regard to the officiating. And Rams will be there. I'm, on, I'm on sure Sunday. they will. And I, I, this is my prediction on that front and that front alone. It's been a wonderful season with the new charge rule. We've seen very little jumping in front of people, terrible charge charges. I think the officials mm-hmm. have done a good job implementing it. I am predicting the, I'm setting the over under at 1.5 on the number of 2023 era charges called against NC State on Wednesday night, where a UNC player jumps in front of a state player, gets plowed over, and they call it a charge instead of a, a block on a straight line drive, which is what they've been calling up to this year to this point. Uh, and you know, I'm not going to say which ref I think is going to be involved, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say that state fans are going to spend the next week talking about, it. I thought there was a change to the charge rule. That's my guess. <laughs> I thought in general, now I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I've been as locked in on college basketball as I've, I've normally been mm-hmm. in general. I do think there are, there's a pandemic attitude towards the officiating. I think there's been a lot of let them play, they particularly have. that Virginia state game. I'm okay with that. Here's the thing that's going to burn state. On Wednesday, I can. Um, you say that the charge Ben Middlebrooks has this bad habit of trying to tap oh, rebounds, yeah, and it wasn't called at all against Virginia. And I could see Tony Bennett over there from the fifth floor yeah. fuming. I think I said over the back like three times, yes, like just fuming. Yeah. And we all know what happens when Ben Middlebrooks breathes on Baycott on Wednesday. Oh. Like, <laughs> that's the all thing right. they're gonna have here's, to swear. Here's the flip side to that. And I'm convinced the reason that Kevin Keats went out and got Ben Millbrooks is so he couldn't take any charges against DJ Burns when they play Clemson. <laughs> That's right. When Armando Baycott brushes Ben Middlebrooks with his backside as he backs down in the post, Ben Middlebrooks is going to go flying into the band. And it's just a question of whether the officials bite on that. We could be talking next week at this time about how Armando Baycott had three fouls in the first half. Yeah. It's because of, uh, they call it tight in the post. Wait, is this that's a, a, a weapon? Who was the, who was the Duke player? Patrick. 
He oh, based, Davidson. Patrick guy, Davidson yeah, fouled just, Chris Paul. He just went out there specifically to give five on Chris Paul. Yeah. Is that what you're saying The Ben Middlebrooks' role? No, 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 no. I'm saying that. No, 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 no. So I'm saying that Ben Middlebrooks. maybe. Yeah, if Ernest Ross were healthy. No, I'm, I'm just saying that what we've seen when State has played Clemson in the past is Ben Middlebrooks did an outstanding job among Clemson's other big men, including P.J. Hall, who's 6'9", 280, and goes down like he's 5'1", 130. They did an outstanding job drawing fouls against opposing post base. I would mm-hmm. like NC State for a change to see if they can be on the other side of that with Ben Middlebrooks bringing some of that Clemson technique to the UNC game. We'll see. I know they may, you know, they could also have three fouls in the first six minutes. Luke Dakot, columnist, News and Observer. All right, man, we appreciate the time. We will talk yeah. to you later. See you guys. Big thanks to Hometown Realty for sponsoring Ovias and Jillio. Check them out online, myhtr.com. Again, that's myhtr.com. You might not realize this because all you've ever heard is about historically high interest rates, but interest rates are coming down, Joe, which means there could be a frenzy. You want to make sure that you're going to get the house that you want, and you also want to make sure that you're putting your house, if you're up for sale, in the best position to make that money. And that's where Hometown Realty comes into play. Yeah, get ahead of that frenzy. And you could buy, you could sell, you can calculate. Hometown Realty has got it all for you. Go to myhtr.com. Also, big thanks to Homefield for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Check them out, homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code OG23. Maybe you've got a Michigan fan in your life. They're really excited. There probably is one. Super, super high. Somewhere hype on your family tree. That they've won their first outright national championship since, what, the 50s? I think it well, was a long time. It was the fifties. 97 was a shared national championship. Doesn't matter. You can go to homefieldapparel.com and use that promo code OG 23 to get some very cool looking Michigan national championship gear. <laughs> Maybe you don't care. What's that? What are you laughing at? We, we cover the gauntlet with, with home field. Yeah. You really think there's someone who's going to buy it? Yes. Mich- you do. Yes. Okay. I do. That's why I said there might be a Michigan fan in your life. Oh. I actually have a Michigan fan in my life. Do you? Oh, yeah. They live up in Richmond. Okay. So, yeah. Are you sure they're not Delaware fans? No. With the same helmet? No, they're not Boca High fans either yeah. who had the same helmet. Shout Is out that to, right? Yeah, Boca High had the same helmet. Nice. Uh, they were the. They were also the Wolverines. Hoboken. Same oh, helmet. same helmet? Okay. But yeah, we clearly have Michigan people in our lives. Just saying. Shout out to Greg, who was sweating bullets the entire postseason. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, the Alabama, oh, the Alabama game. game yeah. was sweating bullets, man. <laughs> Absolutely sweating bullets. You know, their kid, um, he's all about Parker. He's all about, you know, Tom Brady. Why? Well, Michigan. All that kind of stuff, right? So we have Michigan people in some, our life, Joe. Some retconning. But... And by the way, yeah, I agree. If, 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 Because Michigan didn't like Tom Brady. <laughs> i tell you what. Here's what we're going to do to prove a point. To prove a point. If you bought a Michigan shirt, championship shirt off a of home field using our promo code, send me proof. Yeah, we'll pay for it. Send me proof. We will reimburse you. Or or the other option is we will send you an OG t-shirt from Breaking Tea. Either cool. one. Either one. But you got to send us proof. The yeah. OG goes digital at gmail.com. Uh, you don't need proof that this marinade on the chicken was from Butcher's Market. Nobody needs that proof. It's ancient. Family secret. Nobody needs that proof. Signature steak tips? Oh, no. that I've been marinating those it's mine. for 48 hours. Yeah. That's my stuff. They don't need to know. But you know. We know. And we appreciate that. So head on over to Butcher's Market, locations across the triangle, and a new location, Lake Boone Shopping Center. So go check out Butcher's Market and go dupe your friends into thinking that you or just go get a sandwich. are brilliant with the meats. Or yeah, treat yourself with a steak and cheese. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline is our friend Bomani Jones. Right time is the podcast. And uh, do you get credited for a role in 21 Savage's <laughs> biography movie? Do you get a, do you get credit for that? What I can't figure out is like whoever was playing me didn't call me for inspiration. Like I heard that when that motherfucker uh, Larry Fishburne played Ike Turner. <laughs> He, he called Ike Turner to try to, like, get his Ike Turner right. Instead, 
Like, I just don't know. They were just like, whatever. I think the poppy is the worst, actually. Like, the, the poppy there has nothing to do with poppy whatsoever. I don't know why he got a Fu Manchu. I don't know why he has, like, perfectly silver hair. I don't know why he isn't wearing a Guayabara. I don't have any answers to that. I also don't know why this Dan Lebertard person seems to be left-handed, judging from the watch, but is still pointing with the right hand. And then there's me. And I've heard people say I look anything like anything like a Tubi version of Thomas Jones. <laughs> I'm looking like I said that I look like I got I'm wearing that shirt for a job interview that I need so that I can get a job so that I can afford to dress right for a job interview. I don't know like why I don't know if we can use this term anymore. But he got the church beater undershirt on. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, 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 they, they, yeah. It's the church beater. It's a very important distinction. He got the church beater on. He down two buttons. I would never wear my collar all the way out there like that. The sleeves ain't long enough, even though his arms ain't that long. And what I need somebody to let me know is, are we that important in the life of 21 Savage? Not only did we make whatever this piece of media is going to be, we made the trailer too. Yeah. So quick context here. You talk to 21 Savage. And if you don't know who 21 Savage is, ask your kids. They'll know who 21 Savage is. And this is when you were doing Highly Questionable with Dan Lebatard and Poppy. And I guess it was a meme because 21, it was it, like his appearance on that show became a meme because he looked like a supervillain. And is that what it is that what it is? Yeah, that's what it was. I'm pretty sure that if I know my internet. The the screen grab that makes the round, go look it up. It's like 21 Savage, super villain. It looks like he's about to tell you, like the classic line is, he's about to tell you all of his plan before you escape. Like that's oh, what I've, I've never understood because I don't remember anything oh, about that okay. interview whatsoever. Right. All I remember about that interview is thinking, dude, I don't even know if he's paying attention to us. Like he just seemed he just seemed to be like somewhere but it didn't feel like he was there that's all i remember i don't remember anything that was said and every now and then i would see the picture of him from that interview and had no context as to why it is that this was a thing yeah so i'm pulling it up right now this is actually like sideshow bob (laughs) this is from argument there's this is from fader and uh the the, this was back on god geez we're old march 8th 2017 why does this pick look like super villain interrupting a broadcast to reveal his evil plan to the world tv interruption batman has until 12 a.m to bring the escape (laughs) or it's a doom day you know that that kind of stuff Okay, there we go. Thank you for solving this for me because I didn't, I never, I didn't think that this was such a thing that it would need to be commemorated in the the life and times of Twenty One Savage. <laughs> well, now you know. Speaking of speaking of things that uh, are a thing, I did not know Lank was a thing. <laughs> Nor I. And I, you and I had this conversation. <laughs> oh, Joe, it's gonna get better. So if you're if you're tapping out, you better tap out now because it's about to get. I'm about to escalate. <laughs> So be careful, Joe. I will be careful. Come on, okay. Don't, okay. Don't Come on, I do. I do. <laughs> so you and I had this conversation last week as to whether or not Reese Davis and the crew knew what they were doing when they were reading out what Lank meant. And you had a very important follow-up on your podcast about what it was all about. It was let all naysayers know. So when Reese drops an uh in there, I think we all are now hip to the game, are we not? Yes, yes, because look, man, one thing white people know is black people have a bit of a device in phrasing with the phrase letter, right? Doesn't matter what you're putting in there, let a player know. Let a player right. find out. Let a, pay, let, let a player get something to drink. Let a, like We have all these things that can be put, put in there, and we all know a word that easily drops itself right in there. White people know this stuff, too. And here's how I know white people know this stuff, too, because it didn't become an Internet phenomenon because white people didn't know what it was. I didn't see a single white person retweeted saying, I don't get it. Can somebody explain to me what the joke is? Mm-hmm. Uh, let a let 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 a Caucasian find out. Nobody yes. said anything like that because everybody, including Reese Davis, knew exactly what was going on. So it's a rap now, right? Like. 
if naysayer is no longer no 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 white people can't be trusted like that's the whole thing about it white people want to say the n-word so bad and look for any opportunity to get anywhere near it and i just i realized very quickly it was like hey we gotta shut this down but did you see during the uh i think it's a pregame show for the college football playoff where michael Penix had on uh i saw it in the store the other day what they call it a clava yeah right yeah, he, he, had, had, he had the clava he had the hoodie up the clava yeah and it like was like zero it, he, it was referenced that he looks like a ninja. Yes, yes. And Pat McAfee says, oh, I thought I'll stay away from that. Having a Reese Davis moment. And you know what? Pat McAfee is in the right on this one. Yes. He should stay away from saying he looks like a ninja because it could get confusing. And that's white people's fault for wanting to say the N-word so bad that you well, never know when somebody that, is trying that's to And Desmond it. Howard was like, I thought it was about to go down. I was about to go down. I was about to go down. Let a naysayer know. <laughs> but it's let all naysayers know, which is very interesting because it totally changes the it connotation once it, it becomes all. Yes. Bo, are, are you eagerly anticipating the tight end prospect from the state of West Virginia who's going to go play? Here he is. For West Virginia. This yes, is where I was going to ask people uh, who are watching this um, <laughs> and those who are here. You may not know about this, but it became a thing that there was a young man and we found out his name was Noah, his first name, Noah, like the Ark. And his last name is spelled K-N-I-G-G-A, K-N-I-G-G-A. And we didn't know how to pronounce it. And then we did the Internet searching because his dad is a coach. Let's bring coach. This up. His dad is his coach. <laughs> and so we Googled it and we found out that it's pronounced Kaniga, Kaniga. That's his name, Noah Kaniga, which is like, in a way, I feel bad for him. It's kind of on the LJ Ho situation. <laughs> Where like your name is your name and you shouldn't yeah. necessarily have to change it just because we got jokes. But like LJ Hose making his number zero, that was a choice, right? Like LJ, like, like I, I, LJ, you, LJ no hose, that was his choice. This guy is a little different. But I think there is a choice because I don't think that's how you pronounce his last name. Or they're about to change it because he was on with Robert Griffin the third. To what he did, oh I'm pretty sure he did a an Instagram live with RG three. He, he, he did. He did. Hold on, Robert. Robert. Robert Reese. Oh, never. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Because yeah. he was like, oh, everyone so wants to know. Everybody wants to know, and they said it was, and I wrote it down just to be double sure. Kanega. Kanega. Yes, it's Noah Kanega, and they said okay. it multiple times. Okay. Then we then we gonna have to make sure everybody notice. Right. Like, because like, to be fair, I didn't hear his dad say it was Kaniga. I heard no, the, the host dad did say it that way. Did he say it that way? The dad did not with RG3, but OK, well, the RG3, they, they showed they, an think, old clip of the dad being they, and they said, Coach Kaniga. I think they're ready to change it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Time's up. Time's up. It's got to be done. No, this, no. This, is, this is kind of like when Anthony Richardson was like, yo, my number is no longer 15. I will not be AR-15 anymore. I will be AR-7. Like, I need to move on from this sort of imagery. I can't believe it. Because, look, at least the K wasn't silent. Because then, no, uh, with the silent K, that was where we was just like, oh, man. It's this, a wrap. This, this too much. This too much. But, yeah, he's uh, he's so excited to be famous. That like they haven't heard, like finally the world found out about this. And I need to find out like what the demographics of his team is because he seemed a little too surprised that the world found out. Yeah. Where, I mean, if he operated in a quasi-integrated situation, he'd have been like, Yeah, no. I've been hearing this for a long time. Well, two sport athlete. I um <laughs> but still but 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 Indiana, man. Indiana, They're... it all depends on where you and it's that South Indiana, which by the way. I've driven a lot of places in an automobile in my time and a lot of places in the dark and in a lot of rural places. And the only place I was ever like, yo, I got to get this gas and get the fuck up out of here was in Southern Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one. I was like, yo, this, this they were I, watching highly questionable. I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, well, I'm, this is a naysayer free zone right here. Everybody's with the program except for me. I will say, and I know we're in an age now, thanks to uh, Shannon Sharp, Sterling Sharp, Shannon Sharp, that we're supposed to be giving credit to everybody mm -hmm. in, the, in the in the black comedian community. But I saw thanks one, to Cat Williams. Yeah. I saw one black comedian on Kaniga say, "Are you kidding me?" He goes, "That guy, they're going to sell so many jerseys." He's like, <laughs> "The state of West Virginia has been waiting for a NIL. long time." Nil is still going to cash He's in. Like, on this. Are you kidding? No, nah, man, this kid going to be in a tough situation, right? Like, because he's about to be a representative of a lot of things. 
that he doesn't want to be a part of. Like, wait till wait till they start buying his jersey to put it all something and to beat it like a pinata. But it ain't got nothing to do with him. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like this is this is a this is a tough go. The inter- this is social media gone wrong. It's good for jokes. I, and then cool. after that, it's a problem. You I think now with social media being so accelerated, you have a very tight window for the jokes. And then it's gone. And then you're just going to have to move on to something else before it escalates to a point that's going to get you in trouble. And then you need smelling salts like Jim Harbaugh to kind of snap you out of it. You're like, oh, okay, here, here we are. Innocent, innocent, innocent. Oh, what are we talking football? Noah, by the way. Noah, that makes the best part of it. All right. Noah. <laughs> your, uh, your lasting legacy of the college football playoff 14 format, Omani. Just I mean, other than like contributing to the demise of college football. Yeah. I just need somebody to explain to me for all the talk that everybody had of all the excitement about getting a playoff after all this time. Just tell me what it made better. That's all I want anybody to explain to me is, has this improved anything? Did it make championship game weekend any better? No. Did it make rivalry weekend any better? No. Did it make New no. Year's Day any better? No. Oh, it made it worse. Uh, New Year's Day many, worse. Yeah. Yeah. How many memorable championship games? Have we Out had ten, three? Yeah, it's and, it, and hold on. Hold on I, I, I hear you say that, and I'm trying to think of it myself. Like, how many? Of, like, what are the three that you're counting? Like, I don't. The Ohio State, Clemson, and there's the Georgia, Alabama championship. The yes, two, are, those two, those yeah. two, absolutely. That's it. And it skews what we expect, right? Like, I I heard you and Joel Anderson talking about this on Right Time in relation to Nick Saban, right? You know, that's whole like, oh, it's you know, it's been three years. It's been Michigan just won their first outright national championship, I think, since what what one war that was it? I think the Korean War. It's the Korean. I want to say Korean. 1948, the last time they won it outright, which is insane. 1997, it was a split, and it, it reminds you that college football, you don't win a bunch of these. You've got like your one or your two. Yeah, Bo Schembechler never won one. Yeah, you know, like Miami. Yeah, barely, there's, there's a reason why going. the Hurricanes, there's a reason why the Hurricanes were such a big deal in yeah. the 80s as new money because they were, reeling, them. they were reeling these things off. That, that's just not what happened in the modern era, right? And they were new money too. So here's this old money team, you know, with everything in the world and you're thinking like, wow. And then meanwhile, you got Alabama where 40, they're... 1948, since we've now brought it up like yeah. eight different yeah. times. They're, 1948. They're, they're, losing, they're losing their minds because it's been three years and it's like, y'all, you, you want to go back to how it was before Nick Saban showed back up? Because it ain't pretty. But, but it, 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 it skewed everything. But this is the thing I will say, because let's keep in mind, they are crazy people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not a function of the playoff with them. This is just who they are. Um they believe, and Spencer makes this point about Ohio State, and he's right about them, though, in a different way. Because Ohio State, let us not forget, their first championship after widespread integration in college football was in 2002. They did not win one between 68 and 2002. Like, once everybody else got black people, their competitive advantage had kind of gone away. But it didn't matter because they're, they were competing regionally. Bo Schembechler, like I said, couldn't even win a Rose Bowl, barely. They were competing regionally. That was what it was they were going for. But Alabama believes, and they're not wrong, anybody can win here. Now, can anybody win on the level that Saban has? No. Can anybody win consistently? No. But can anybody on earth string together one 10-win season at Alabama? History has indicated yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, they can. Mike DuBose was able to do it. Mike Shula was able to do it. I believe Ray Perkins was able to do it. They believe literally anybody can do it. And you know why? Because they go make them do it. That's mm-hmm. why. That's funny, too. Uh, as And we'll wrap the conversation on this about how things have been skewed. We saw it locally with NC State and North Carolina. When you're reminded that your college football seasons should be reel off some nice wins, get to a decent bowl, and most importantly, beat your rival, you should go home happy, right? Eight, nine wins, beat your rival, go home happy. I feel like this was the season where Mac Brown kind of broke a little bit at North Carolina because you got the recruiting in place. You have these hot starts. You've got these NFL quarterbacks and Sam Howell. Well, we'll see how much longer he's a starting quarterback in the NFL and Drake may we'll see where he goes in the, uh, in the upcoming draft. And yet you fall off at the end and you can't beat NC state. And it got Mac to do two things. I never thought would actually happen. Be dismissive of 
the area where he's like, hey, you know, well, you know, seven, eight wins around here is pretty good. We're like, whoa. Ooh, I'm not surprised that he did that, but that's, wow. that's, that's, that's a bold thing to say. That, that, that's what I thought, too. And then on signing day, in your history of knowing Mac Brown, whether it was his time at North Carolina, certainly his time at Texas, and now his return to North Carolina, can you think of a time where Mac Brown lost a signing day? It didn't. Not really. Even when the recruiting started to fall off. Mm-hmm. Not really. He lost a signing day for the first time ever this year because he decided to not take any questions, not talk about his class and bring up three, four week old news with Dave Doran. It was wild to me to see this with Mac Brown beefing down and he's coming back and it gets to the existential question at North Carolina. What are we doing here with Mac? How much longer is this going to go at UNC? Um, if, here's the problem that UNC is going to have. I mean, it's a problem if you care about appearances, but I still would consider this to be a problem. Okay. He's not going to walk away in a dignified manner. That is what you need to understand because the way it ended at Texas, and for those of you who don't remember how it ended at Texas, the expectation was, especially after they like magically beat Oklahoma that year, which nobody expected to happen. Like, okay, it's 2014. This is five years after they went to the national championship game, nine years after they won a national championship. And the thought was that he was going to retire like after 09. And then for some reason, he had the coach in waiting Mm Had the coach in waiting for whatever reason. He did not retire. They had a terrible season. And then Muschamp, the coach in waiting, went to Florida. And then, of course, now Mac has to stick around because they don't have a plan anymore. But the thought was that he was at. There's been a few different thoughts on what was going to happen. But the thought was that he was going to walk away after the 2014 season. And when it was clear that he wasn't going to the board and everybody started getting the momentum together to get him out of there. And when they were trying to basically find him to get him out of there, he jumped his ass on a plane, came to Miami and turned up at Central High School in Miami to recruit Dalvin Cook. Knowing that notably Mac Brown is famous for not recruiting Florida while he was at Texas. And I called a coach at Central. I knew a coach at Central at that time. And I said, have you ever seen this man? He said, I've been working here five years and I ain't never seen him one time. Mac heard they was coming to get him and he ran away from home and went to Florida. I'm just telling you, he's not going to walk walk away in a dignified fashion. And it's probably on the field, not going to get any better than it is right now but the one thing that mac did at texas when he was losing every year to oklahoma at least he was beating a&m every year yeah like he managed to give you that much he understands the importance of those things and so the idea that he hits you because he will he's very defensive and he will slip out of anything you say but him with the whole eight or nine wins that's a big deal that's a pretty big deal around these parts it don't matter if it's true mac Mm -hmm. it don't matter you can't you can't uh uh-uh and this new penny shine off of what you did 25 years ago, it's over, baby. It's over. Yeah, it, it's over. And I'm I'm really curious to see how the boosters and Bubba Cunningham handle this going forward. All right, man. Um, I'd say the conversation didn't go too off the rails. See, I told you you could can handle. I can handle these uh, things. I know you. I, I felt confident that you could. Joe didn't. You know what I'm saying? No. Just, Joe wasn't quite <laughs> no. as sure. I no. had to, you know, I don't know. Oh, why you, got your, you got your Apple camera on. You got the balloons going. Oh, you yeah, gave thumbs up. oh, that's what it does it. So if I go like that. Yeah. If you go like that, the Apple camera will do some weird things. So you got to be careful about that kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't know if you want that out. <laughs> no, that's why, that's why I did it with two hands. Two uh, hands. Two hands. Yes. Two hands. Right? Yeah, was... Although, although you don't know me, <laughs> it could be the same thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You better, ask, you better ask these streets. <laughs> and on that note, Bobani Jones, right time is a podcast. All right. Oh, and you need people to vote. Do you have a, don't you have like a, a podcast award you want people to, or, did, or did that stop? Is that over? I, I'll be though. That sounded about right. Vote for okay. me. Go vote for Bomani. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. Always love our conversations with Bomani, man. <laughs> Speaking of things we could never do on radio, <laughs> take a take a deep breath, Joe. Take a deep breath. <laughs> the actual Reese clip is kind of like Desmond and Joey Galloway oh, are like, "What is they like?" I, that's why I brought up that. Is it I, is it about to go down? <laughs> Desmond Howard's reaction to that to me is the one that sells it. But anyway, big thanks to Wings Over. Check them out downtown Raleigh. 
in Chapel Hill, in Greenville. Amazing wings. Everybody that goes to Wings Over has absolutely loved it. So you should do the same thing if you haven't gone to Wings Over yet. And while all the wing flavors are amazing, all the regulars, they bring specials along all the time. And of course, they've got tots, waffle fries. So go check them out. Wings Over in yeah. Raleigh, Chapel Hill, Greenville. Go find out for yourself. Our wings are better than yours. Absolutely. Speaking of things that are better, won't you enjoy your outside area at the house much in a much better situation if you don't have mosquitoes to worry about? Uh-huh. That's where Mosquito Authority comes in. Pest Authority as well. Check out BugsBite.com. Bundling is hot again, Joe. So why don't you bundle and save with our friends over at BugsBite.com? Yeah. Piece of cake. Talking about bugs inside the house, bugs outside. Maybe you got mice. Maybe you got some moisture. Go save some money. Go take care of your house, number one, and save some money, number two. Go to BugsBite.com. And speaking of saving money, you want to save money on your insurance, and that's where State Farm comes in. Contact Matt Davis at State Farm. InsureGarner.com. Call them directly at 919-779-8277 and start saving on your home insurance, car insurance today. Yeah, you really don't know what you don't know. And the best thing to do is have a conversation. Hey, Matt, can you save me money? And I bet you the answer was going to be yes. And so give them a call. 919-779-8277 or check them out online. It's the OGinsurance.com. What's up next? What's up next? All right, let's get out of here on some Hey Joe questions. Thanks to Oakwood Pizza Box. What? I just say it now. <laughs> My favorite. Now I say it. <laughs> let's get out of here on some Hey Joe questions. Big shouts to Anthony. Maybe there's a special pizza that Anthony can do. Now the person who tweeted at you after you're like, you know, if you sync up <laughs> the, the, the podcast at midnight, you'll uh, hear a Let's Podcast at midnight. And they're like, no, but what time? No. Would be, let's get out of here. Let's get well, yeah, you need that at 1159.59. All right, let's get out of here and into the new year. That's that's what we need to do. Uh, from Mr. Marshall on Twitter, David Tepper has the opportunity to do the funniest oh, thing ever. No. Yeah, let's bring back Ron Rivera and Marty Hurdy, shall we? <laughs> They're both available. We're going to talk to uh, Mike K of the Charlotte Observer tomorrow morning to get a ballpark idea on their GM candidates and head coaching candidates since things are now the Wild West. Um, and we'll, we can spend some more time on the coaching carousel in the NFL because I don't know about you, Joe, but I thought it was interesting that Bill Belichick was almost still wanting to be in New England based on his press conference yesterday. It was interesting. It's interesting. Uh, Bill Belichick would have fired Bill Belichick three years ago. But he's out here like, oh, you know, we're going to his we're own gonna, circumstances. We're going to talk. <laughs> we're going to do all these things. I was like, huh, interesting. Interesting. Uh, from Chris, with Michigan winning, but the SEC still being the best, I assume Michigan will be promoted from the Big Ten to the SEC. <laughs> Who will be relegated? Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. Well, it's always Indiana, right? Oh, Indiana's always going to Well, relegated. no, no, no. You have to send somebody from the SEC. Oh, from the SEC so down. So Vanderbilt, it'll be Vanderbilt. It'll be Vanderbilt. Because who it? doesn't want Vanderbilt Northwestern on the regular? Yeah, yeah. That's that's where it's at. That's where it's at. All right. The ACC, I shouldn't really shouldn't give the ACC any ideas. From Brooks, looking forward to your take on A.A. Ron's cut the bullshit for the Jets to be oh, successful next yeah, year. Yeah, that was delicious. He clearly <laughs> doesn't care, or does he think he is that superior for mere peasants that the rest of us are? It's not even a hot take how weird he is now, right? I think, now, can I talk about this, Joe? Am I allowed to talk about this since it was a hey, Joe question? Since Brooks introduced it on okay. a technicality, yes. Okay, gotcha. Um, shout out to everybody who has at least commended me for saying, man, you were right about A.A. Ron. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's He's pretty easy to figure out because I think we've all known guys like that yeah. in our walks of life. But what I find wild is that Aaron Rodgers was listed as or he was elevated to like the most inspired, like the team awards at the end of the year. Did you see this? He was he was tabbed the most inspiring player for the Jets by the team. Okay. And somebody pointed out, I think it was Nick Wright um, who had pointed this out, that you have to remember that we are all of a certain age, but a lot of the guys on the Jets are younger and they grew up literally watching Aaron Rodgers do his thing. So here they, they get this chance to do it and they might not even be thinking about it. But I do think Nick Wright specifically, I know he said this because I heard it on his podcast. When he talked about Aaron Rodgers, put it the best way. He is essentially through these Tuesday appearances on Pat McAfee's show, given us a slow drip of his crazy. If he just did one big moment of crazy, then we all would just go, man, what the hell is wrong with Aaron Rodgers? 
But because Aaron Rodgers has this brain that acts as though, you know, he's, you know, super, super smart. And because I went on Wikipedia and I read some conspiracy theories, I'm much more enlightened. It we've because at some point the Kyrie Irving, the earth is flat, no longer resonates. Right. So how do you escalate it? How, how do you get the people going? How is it provocative? Well, you follow the playbook from Aaron Rodgers, uh, although his playbook is being it's actually kind of tired at this point. I, I will be curious today, though, to see how his war with Jimmy Kimmel elevates because Jimmy Kimmel and his monologue yesterday called Aaron Rodgers out and Aaron Rodgers speaking, Mr. Cut the bullshit. When he was asked about it during his press conference, said, "Well, you'll just have to listen to the Mackey yeah. show on Tuesday." Which, hey, great radio tease, buddy. But also, didn't you just talk about cutting the bullshit? So Aaron Rodgers is literally full of bullshit in the oh. grand scheme of things. What a bullshit? A bullshit? A bullshit? A bullshit? I love that. We'll close on this from Nothing Man, who has easily become my favorite comment person on YouTube. Okay. The game on my TV had Clemson go one for 18 from three point land. Almost all of them were open looks. Oh, smug hats. Whoa. However, you guys put on your smug hats about how good UNC's defense is. I know you guys are trying to make this unsustainable business model work. And the 50 people or so who tune into your live YouTube podcasts are pulling for you. It's 150. Okay. Nothing, man, not just 50, but, if you were, if you discuss the current best teams in the ACC more often and get the 12,000 Demon Deacon alumni who live in the triangle to check out your show, as far as Baycott having his jersey among the thousands in the rafters, don't you have to at least hit one shot from outside of five feet from the basket? Is that a basic criteria? Basically, what I'm finding out from nothing, man, is that he's a Wake Forest guy who cannot stand the Tar Heels. I need state fans to elevate their game. Oh, you don't like Carolina? You hate UNC? You're already predicting how you're going to get screwed by the refs on Wednesday? You need to elevate your game like nothing, man, who clearly has a vendetta against the Tar Heels as a Wake Forest guy. What you know about that, Wolfpack fans? Step it up. Step it up. He went on to say, Oh, is there more? We're actually pulling for you. It seems like the odds are stacked against you. In the famous words of Han Solo, Never tell me the odds. That's going to close it out. We will see you Wednesday. We'll talk a little bit more Panthers. Look ahead again to that NC State Carolina game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.